For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. show from the show my man sean walker little city state vikings d2 c-i-double-a doing big things 14 wins on the year doing his thing over there sean what's up my guy hey man what's going on appreciate you uh taking a little time out to have a little guy like me on the show nah you yeah you big time you big time my guy well i know y'all didn't <laughs> you didn't anyway you wanted in the c-i-double-a tournament there but 14 wins this year man have COVID was still around at the end of the year. Your guys persevered through all that. Talk about that, man. And, you know, it's the fact that you got a win season again underneath this, your, your belt and how you're going to build going forward, brother. Yeah, well, this this year was a taxing year for us and not, not so much for COVID. You know, started last July. <clears throat> I lost my best player to transfer to the transfer portal uh, and transferred up to, to, to UMass Lowell, um, starting point guard tw- 25 days before the first day of class. So obviously you can't replace that. I had two guys, uh, uh, a junior, junior college All-American that came in and decided that he was going to leave, had a, a, a NIL situation uh, prior before it got uh, approved. Uh, he went home. I had a, a foreign student that left the country at Christmas and couldn't get back into the country. Uh, F1 visa had expired and still out of the country, couldn't get back after the Christmas break. Then my best player, uh, averaging 17 points a game, tore, had a torn plantar fasciitis in, uh, on, on January the 6th. So it was a tough year. So, so, so one of the things I'll say is 14 and 13 uh, doesn't sound like uh, it's great. Obviously, it was our first uh, um, plus 500 year here at Elizabeth City since 2014. Uh, but based upon what we, what we were um, forced to play with, um, we had a decent year. We grinded it out, and uh, so I'm looking forward to the future. And obviously, hopefully, we'll get some good, some good fortune moving forward, and uh, won't have to uh, deal with some of those things in in 22, 23. That's what I say all the time, Sean. Like the record that you all have, you don't know the story behind that record, you know, because it may not just like you said, like you laid it out. It was stuff you had real life stuff going on that Absolutely. that took you to talent off the court for you. Absolutely. So if, if fans don't realize that sometimes, sometimes these 80s or such firms realize either that, hey, this dude mm-hmm. really coaches butt off based on what he had to deal with to get these 14 wins. So I think you laying it out, out that way, I think it helps listeners understand that, hey, yeah, it's it's 
more to it. You got to really look at the totality of that record, what went on around it, to why the record is what it is. Absolutely, people who come to the games and sometimes even your administration, they don't, they don't, they don't even, they don't pay attention to the dynamics that surround your situation. Uh, and so, really and truthfully, this year I ended up starting. I mean, I started a 6'2 uh, center this year. Um, who who's a kid is going to end up ultimately be my most valuable player, not because of his numbers, but because of what he had to do for us on a night to night basis. And so, um, you know, we, we, we finished in tie for sixth place in our league. And <clears throat> we, we, we had a couple of bad nights, but for the most part, uh, we, we competed every night and we probably gave away three or four games that we could have won, not the games that we were supposed to win, but games that we were right there to win where we led, inside of 10 seconds, 11 seconds, and lost at the buzzer. So we're very proud of the kids. Um, we essentially played five walk-ons coming inside of January all, all the way through the, to, to the end of the year. And uh, so so I'm, I'm happy about that. But at the same time, moving forward, we, we, we're hoping um, that we won't have to do that as much next year and uh, uh, be able to, to get ourselves in a position to, 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 to challenge for a CIAA championship. No doubt. And Sean, with the way the portal is going now, where recruiting is going for guys out of high school, I feel like now you all can kind of stack up fast because they're not going to these events that they usually go to. The, the, the D1 guys aren't. So right. it's really D2 and JUCO guys there. And how do you go about convincing a JUCO kid that, hey, man, maybe come play D2? And then if you want to move up, you can or may hurt you down the road, but give them the opportunity for that one or two years, maybe say, hey, come here. If it, if it works out for you, then move up. And so how do you kind of talk talk that with young men? Because up to it's about them and their careers. I know you want to win games too, but helping them kind of find their right path to go with their basketball career. Well, with the junior college circumstance and the high school circumstance, it's not a difficult sell uh, at this point for – to, 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 to talk them into going Division two because that's all they have, all right? And then there's not enough Division two spots. So our high school kids are really getting caught. Junior colleges are getting players that <clears throat> they normally would not be able to get that are qualifiers uh, because of the transfer portal. Division two, we're filtering through the transfer portal as well because there's just not enough spots for everybody. I, I, I read an article the other day that said, there were over 1,100 Division II transfers in, in 21, and 800-plus of those, those transfers didn't end up on a roster this year, all right? So, you know, that transfer portal goes from, from Division I transfer portal. Obviously, they're recruiting right off of that portal. Kids are leaving places and, go, and showing up on additional rosters with, uh, 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 with you know, COVID also caused – uh, kids to, to, to be able to get an extra year of competition. So people are trying to get old quicker. You have low major players and mid-major players that are transferring up to high major. Um, you have, so all your four-star and five-star players are not really uh, affected, but two stars, three stars, you know, those guys are division two players now and their high school guys don't have anywhere to go. There's a bunch of junior college guys that were four-year transfers that went back to junior college to try to go division one again that have no offers, you know? And so those guys are still holding out there trying to figure out what's going to happen. So this transfer portal is major. Uh, it has major implications for the junior college player, the high school player, because boss man, I'm, honestly, 
<clears throat> they're going to be some division one level players that are going to have to go division three. Um, it's just not enough spots. You know, right now it's all over 2000. It's over 2000 uh, uh, transfers in the portal. And think about it this way. Two players from the University of North Carolina in Cha Chapel Hill went in the portal yesterday. All right. Wow. So they were unable to go in the portal or didn't go in the portal until their season was over. So they went in just yesterday and they were in the national championship. So this is the dynamic that our young people are dealing with right now. And it's going to be a couple of years before it balances out. Yeah. And also NIL deals as well. Well, that, right. has, a lot, that has a lot to do with it. That doesn't affect us. Right. Yeah. So that doesn't really affect division two or lower level um, or, or, um, or athletes because nobody's paying them millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars to go in for a commercial. Um, but that is a reality of college basketball now because I mean obviously the people who have the money are going to benefit the best from you know getting these kids to come in school. I think Sean really now is the has and, and the have nots. No question. Especially, you know, no especially when I played at the OVC, you're in the CIAA, the SWAC, the MEAC, you know, I know the struggles you all have trying to make sure your guy, your guys are good. Right. And it's going to really turn into the Halves or halves, no, no, Sean, I wouldn't particularly do it, but I know why some guys are now giving up head coaching jobs to be a high major assistant because ain't over a headache, right. <laughs> you know. So, I, the it's it starting is hitting everywhere from coaching decisions to the carousel and where guys go, universities, and this Austin case too about paying the debt as well. Like, I know Alabama State's gonna do it, but Tennessee State, where I went to school at, probably ain't gonna do it. Cause I ain't got the money to do it. So it's just all this. It's really just making it more so the haves, have-nots is truly capitalism as finest. Absolutely. Absolutely. No question. Well, it's always been that way. I mean, it's just you just have different dynamics now. Now, you, you know, back in the days, you had the, the blue bloods of college basketball and football, and that's pretty much all you had. Now, you know, depending upon who's got the opportunities for these kids where they're going. And, um, it's going to take a long time for us to catch up to that. Uh, obviously, even in the situation like Tennessee State, where they're Division One in Ohio Valley, but they're also the only HBCU in that league. So those are dynamics that are, 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 are unique to recruiting, unique to young men picking or young men and women choosing where they're going to go to school. And those realities now are not going in place. Yes, because I'll just tell you, Sean, at Tennessee State, the football team dresses in the basketball arena. Yeah. yeah. That shouldn't happen. Right. Yeah. Right. And let's be honest about this, Sean, too. A lot of HBCU schools are in the South, ran by Republican states, right. who don't fund the HBCU school way, fund the flagship schools. Absolutely. A la Tennessee. Right. Memphis. Right. UT Chattanooga. That right. system gets more money than, say, Tennessee State or in Austin P or you or Martin gets money as part of the Tennessee system, but right. Tennessee State gets less money of all in Tennessee. So having HBCUs in a state where it's ran by Republicans who don't really want to fund a black thing, right. you know, it hurts too. It's funded right. from, from the states that they're in as well. Right. So for, in the state of North Carolina, you know, we don't have that issue because the state of North Carolina does not support a budget for athletics. So the only athletic budgets that we see are through student fees. 
So in just a place like Elizabeth City, at Elizabeth City State University, we have the smallest enrollment in the state system, which means we have the smallest athletic budget in the state system. All right. <clears throat> so just a place like Winston-Salem State that may have 5,000 5, students because they have professional schools, they have nursing schools, master's degrees and all those things. We have limited master's degree programs. So now they have, well, we have 2,000 students. They have 5,000 students and we're all, we're both in the same league in the same state. So they just have more money to spend than we do. You know, so the dynamic behind that, even at my level, the have and the have nots, all right? They may not be the money source as it relates to what a private school is giving people, but for a state school, they're doing pretty good. And so the, the dynamic behind that at all levels is the same. Obviously, when you start talking multi-millions of dollars versus millions of dollars, you see the, you see the difference between you know, that. And when you start talking about thousands of dollars, there's a difference at our level with that as well. Yeah, and also there's a case in going to the court to Tennessee where Tennessee owes TSU $500 million in, in of money that they should have given to the school. Right. That would help a lot. Right. You know, because having Randy Pillow tell you, he was there, he, he saw, he'll tell you, and I know because I've been, it's hard to win with facilities like that, you know. And, right. and now for kids, facilities, ability to give them snacks you know all that matters now every little thing you can offer matters to a kid whether mm -hmm. they say yes or no to it's more than playing time it's about amenities and being comfortable now for kids no. I, mean, I, I just wanted to play and start but right. now kids i might i want different than i was when i was you know, when i was back in 05 for me right but it's crazy bro yeah no question it's definitely a different thing uh, walking into a locker room uh, the aesthetics i normally say that guys want to know where they're going to live, where they're going to play, and where they're going to eat, all right? So now it's not so much where. They want to know how you're going to eat, right? <laughs> and how means how many meals that you can get. Can you make a meal in your locker room? You know, can you – what what can you do with that? And then where are you going to play? That also means where are you going to travel? How are you going to travel, right? You're going to take the bus everywhere. You're going to fly. You're going to take the train. Well, how are you going to do it? So this question about how, how now is coming into play. And hey, when you walk into one place, I normally tell my coaches all the time, we need to try to be the first visit or the last visit. Because that, if we can be the first visit and they like it enough, they may decide not to go anyplace else. And if we're the last visit, then people normally remember what's last. And uh, if you get anywhere in there in between, you're liable not to be able to finish the deal. Amen to that, because I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you this, John, for me, I mean, I made it clear. I told UT Martin Murray State, I don't want to live in your city. Right. <laughs> I, said, I said, I'm from Atlanta. I'm from the hood. I ain't living there. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so I need to be in a city city. So right. Tennessee State had the edge up because it was in actually a city. And right. I saw something I, that I could understand being from Atlanta, and it wasn't that far from home. <laughs> I got you. I understand. That's that's what kids need. And kids, you know, you you knew where you could make it, and that's a lot. That's a lot of this recruiting process as well. You know, that's how coaches can make even make mistakes. You got to find kids in your program that can make it in your environment. All right. If you had gone to school in one of those places, you would have been in the transfer portal. All right. So a lot of times, even even if you were playing, you'd been unhappy. 
So you have to you have to find your niche and know what you want, um, and that's what you were able to do. And that's what you know that we coaches are watching this or parents that are watching this can learn a lot about that. You got to find a place that you can make it, not just a place that you can play. No doubt. And you know, for me and my father and my mother, it was about <clears throat> where, where I would want to be at, uh, getting ready to be able to come to games. Um, how close it was to Atlanta. That's that, that was really for me what it was. And then on top of that, I got to go to a black school, get a black experience. Right. And I knew going to small town Kentucky, Murray, UT Martin, middle of nowhere, Austin P. It's in the hood, but it's in Clarksville. I'm good on that too. Right. I, I just I just knew that I didn't want to go down to Fort Valley because I, I want to get out of Georgia. Right. I want to get out of Georgia. That's I, I couldn't go to Fort Valley or Albany State. I still I want to be in Georgia. So I want to go where get away from home too. So like it all worked itself out with Tennessee State ended up being the right spot for me. And I got to play. Cause I wasn't guaranteed to play at the mother schools. And like you said, Sean, I would have been miserable in Murray, Kentucky, out in, in Martin, Tennessee. I would have been ready to get back to Atlanta fast as I could. That's right. Well, you 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 were smart in, in, in having a great understanding of what it is that was gonna work for you. And um and you were able to go somewhere and stay and, and enjoy it and, and call it your alma mater. No doubt. And, and Sean, you know this about young black men. For, for us who grew up like myself, and for me, sports was my way out of the hood, you know? And now I'm able to host a radio show, work in the NBA, work in the NFL, do my own thing because I was talented at a sport. Right. You know, and, and I was also smart, too. There's a lot of things people confuse us, Sean, about us brothers. That because you are play ball, you're, you're a dumb jock. Right. I'm not dumb. I'm probably smaller than most people are, <laughs> but, yeah. but because I was from where I was from in in, in Atlanta, right. he's from the hood. He's yeah. not smart. He was play football. Talk about trying to help your young man overcome that stigma of being just a jock and being dumb because where you from and where you because you play a sport. Not that they ever they are intelligent, but they also play a sport as well. Well, it's it's amazing that you say that because you know, as a professional. It, being in this profession for 25 or 26 years, I'm not sure, you know, I, I'm sure that a lot of coaches encountered this as well. But because we work in this environment of athletics and sports, sometimes dealing with people that are not in sport, but dealing with people who have to, who are the engine behind your sport, they automatically treat you like you're dumb, right? They treat you like, oh, you're just a coach. So when they when they see you or talk to you or they have their first impression of you, it's coach. And so that 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 subtitle that you have on your name of coach before they get to Walker or before they get to Sean or before they get to who you are, and where you've been to school or how how educated you are, just like them. Automatic all, all is sometimes can be almost insulting, you know, and so you have to end up getting your defense mechanism up for that. And I'm quite sure. Um, there are other professions maybe that, that, that are just like that as well, but it's something that frustrates me a lot because, you know, I can do your job. <laughs> I just, yes. I graduated cum laude. I have a master's degree. I've, I've excelled academically everywhere I've been too. Coaching is just my passion. So don't treat, try to treat me or talk to me yes. like I'm less than you are because you work in this department or that department. And so uh, that's something that stems far beyond it, I try to talk to my young people about that's something that stems 
far beyond being a player. Like if you, a life of athletics or a life of, come on, man, think about it. You can own your own business and your own cleaning business and people still see you as a janitor. And so they think that janitors or people who clean are less than the persons who own the building. And the person who owned the building, you're just paying. I work for you, but you paying me and I'm living good, you know? And so we, we also have to be very careful about um, dealing with people in that way because we know what it feels like when we're dealt with in that way. And it's not a, it's not a pleasant thing. Sean, I'm called a clown. Cause I'm a radio yep. show. Oh, Gerald's a clown. Yeah. Uh, he's a jokester. He's not serious. He ain't real. They saw right. me out here doing, doing political stuff. Like he, he does politics too. You mean the clown, Gerald, the dumb guy from the, the dumb guy from the hood. Right, the dumb guy who hosts the radio show, the dumb guy from the NBA. It's like I'm smarter than your ass is. Right, that's right. <laughs> I, I have a master's degree at you do, Sean, and I have great grad certificates as well. So I'm not dumb. I read a lot. People, people, because I'm a jokester. I'm I'm radical. I'm loud. I say what I, I mean. That I'm dumb because where right. I came from. Because I went to Tennessee State. Oh, he went to a, a black school. He ain't does that. That was right. easy. That was like high school for him really right it's always a stigma to like what we accomplish that's the part i try to tell young men about owning your own path own your path like i owned my path like to this day this radio show every dime is mine nobody can tap me on the shoulder and tell me what i can and cannot say because right. if i worked for a station i would have to go ask them can i have you on my on my show today right uh, who is sean walk where do you have him on your show Right, I ain't gotta do that. Right, I can do it because I own this. I can do it like I want to. <laughs> you know, right. that's what about ownership and owning yeah. your career. Don't let anybody define who you are in your recruitment process or your path where you want to be. Because if you do that, you'll all have that regret. For me, Sean, I'm free. I have right. no regrets because I know every day I'm doing me, doing what I want to do. Right, right. But that's big time, man. And it's and, it, and it's something for for our young people to know. Obviously, you you want to be you want to be able to be empowered um, by other people, but you also want to be able to 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 do some of the things that you want to do to make the life that you want to make for yourself. And um, so you're you're in a you're in a boss man role for sure, and that that's a big time thing. No doubt, and Sean, like you said, for young like for you, man, being able to touch young black men, man, that's you right. know, has to make you feel really happy. You know, and you know because. Helping mold us, you know, my father is a coach as well. So for him, molding me is so important. And, you know, I'm his only child. He's 81 years old. But, the, but right. talk, 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 talk about that for you, man. Seeing young men leave your program and be successful in life off, on, on and off the court, man. Yep. And that, that's, the, that's the idea of coaching. That's actually coaching, where you can see young people come in one way. I tell guys and their parents when they come to me, I want my program to be like a hospital, okay? I don't want, nobody's checking into a hospital that everybody that checks out is checking out dead, all right? You're going to the hospital, wherever it may be, that people are checking in, sick, they have an issue, and when they check out, they got the remedy to be better, all right? And the better the hospital, the more people are living, the morgue is getting less persons uh, from this place than they would this place. I want my, my program to be just that. I want you to come in one way and be better than you were when you left. And if you're that, 
then you're going to be an ambassador for not only the program, but for the for the university at whole, uh, at large. And, and so we need people like yourself uh, at Elizabeth City State that come in, that develop, that can have their own shows, that can have their own uh, businesses, that can, can, can be uh, 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 accountable to, 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 the, to the society that we live in, in a major way, and say and be proud that they attended Elizabeth City State or attended whatever university that it was. And so that's, that's everything for me. I've got a former teammate of mine who started a scholarship in his father's name for men's basketball. I have another young player um, who was in real estate in Maryland that came back and called and says, I want to have a scholarship in my name um, for, for ECSU basketball and, and, and all different types of elements of, of guys that are out there that not only are doing well in life, but will go their own ways later and send you a kid. Like that, I had a Facebook message yesterday of, of, of a former player of mine that says, hey, here's a kid in my neighborhood. I want you to coach him. All right. And so that lets you know that you have a great relationship with your players. You have a great relationship. They, they know when they leave you that they've gotten a lot out of being around you and dealing with you and they want someone else to have that experience. And those are the things that they don't know when they're playing for you. And, and so once they leave you and think about it, um, and that makes you feel good. That makes me feel really, really good on when that happens. You know what's funny, Sean, is this man thinking about my time at Chelsea State. I, I used to go to a basketball camp. So Will Jones, who was a GA when I was there, was part of one of my camp coaches, you know. Okay. <laughs> he was a GA there. And me and Will Jones are tight as can be because we right. started together. Like, we right. pretty much started off, he looked older than me, but we had that relationship, like, man, Will Jones was like, we did the same damn thing pretty much, right? And, and made our own path, right? You know, so seeing that and how it works, man, the, the bonds you have, like, with Penny Collins, I knew him, he was over at White's Creek <laughs> in Nashville, right. you know, saw him. So, like, all these different guys, man, is just funny, Sean, how his basketball world, how, how we're all close together. Now, of course, I chose football, but I played a basketball long enough to be in, in the circle, right? So it's like seeing us all trying to impact young men in our own different ways, man. For me, it's the radio and it's been an example. You are actually coaching these young men. It's amazing to see what you all are doing for young black men, making young black men be better in this world. It's, all, it's against us trying to fight through that and be better and rise above it. Now, I thank you all for helping these young men do what they're doing, brother. Well, that's great, man. I think I think I appreciate that and, and, and the impact that we try to make, that you try to make is an important impact on, on the society and it, so we can dispel all, all, the, all the negative things that we hear about our young people, all right, about, about our young men. But primarily, you know, I deal with black young men, but, you know, our young men, period. I mean, this, it's almost a, an attack on men sometimes in, 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 in terms of what we deal with today. And so, and so you're, you know, again, you're very impactful. Just the, the whatever it, the conversation that you had with my son the other day, um, he's excited about getting the opportunity to meet you and have an opportunity to, 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 to learn about what it is that you're doing. And, um, and, and so I, you know, for me as a parent, I want him to be an athlete. I want he's he's a scholar, but I also want him to be around different types of men, different types of people who's not just coaching, but He's not really interested in radio, but he's totally interested in what it is you do. All right. He's totally interested in, 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 in being successful and making money and, and, 
and all these things, which are things that he needs to be interested in at 22 years old and coming down third quarter, fourth quarter of his college basketball career, his athletic career. Because at, at the end of that, when that ball stop rolls, he's going to have to go to work. Mm-hmm. Right? And so college is not about going to work. It's about trying to figure out how to, how to sustain your earning power. And so you need a village to, to, to learn how to sustain earning power and save money and, and work while you're young so you don't have to work so hard when, you, when you're old and all those different things. And, uh, and so the power of the tongue and the power of relationships and the power of success uh, should trickle down and filter down to, the, to these young people. And that's what our responsibility is from your seat and, and from mine. Yeah, I love showing young men the business of radio because they find it amazing how much goes in, into this. You know, it, I just don't show up here and just start talking. I got to research who I'm talking to about. I got to go sell this thing. I got to talk to people, go have meetings with people downtown and go meet, just meet them at their barbershops, meet them at their businesses to say you want to promote yourself on my platform. I have to go make deals for affiliates. I, I mean, it's more than just, hey, come on there, chop it up with you for 35, 45 minutes, and it, it, I'm done. Now, it's, right. it's it's layers to this radio game to, to make you do what it do. This is the easy part for me. If you're going to be good at it, you got to put the work in, and that's from every, every job, and that's what people need to see. They need to know it takes research. It takes reading. It takes relationships it takes a whole bunch of different things people would would would, would not understand what it is that you actually do um because they only see the outcome and uh, it's always important for people to be able to see what's on the inside um so of your success now so i've been doing this since 2009 i started in august of 09 right i got my i got my degree i knew it wasn't gonna work out for me sports wise i got right into this business I went to school for business administration, not communications. Cause I knew, okay. so I'm gonna tell you why I don't do that. Because if you get go get journalism route, communication route, if you don't get a job, where where can you go? Right. For me, having a business degree, if I, if I ever want to go into the corporate world as a manager, I could, mm-hmm. but I don't want to do that. But starting in 09, I had to learn about trial and error. I had a panel. I had to go from you know from that to figuring out my path. Two to six in the morning on the radio, bro. Right. Listen, with me, you and me and the truckers and deers. Nobody listened listen, listen to me back then, right? Yeah. Having to do all that stuff, man, and just knowing, learning the game. And because it was like nobody showed me nothing, bro. I had to learn it all on my own. Right. I was willing to help. And I look forward to showing your son how this thing works, man, and building relationships and bonds because, you know, in my 13 years almost doing this show, man, I've only had four bad guests in mm-hmm. 13 years because they didn't want to do it. That's pretty good, brother. You know, that's pretty good. I, one of them is an ACC head coach, still coach of football. He didn't want to do it, but he did it anyway. He gave me nothing to work with. A former OVC coach, he's now fired. Uh, another coach out west uh, in Pac 12 who didn't want to do it, but did it anyway. And then a, a random politician came on my show and acted the fool. So in my 13 year career, <laughs> I've only had four quote-unquote bad experiences. Right. People right. come on this show realize, damn, JR pretty damn cool. And, you know, he ain't a bad guy. He ain't got to try to get me. But right. some people think I am, but I'm not. I'm just right. having a, I'm having a, I don't have, John, I ain't, got, I ain't got no iPad in my face. I'm just talking to you. I got to talking. I don't have to have a set list of, let me ask him this question or right. <laughs> right. I just do it. Right. 
Right. That's 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 the way. To, so your, your your genuine nature makes your show do what it does. And so that's a lot for people to understand as well. You just be who you are. And some people are going to like you. That's one thing that my dad used to tell me. Some people are going to like you. A lot of people probably like you. And some people just not going to like you no matter what. And so, you know, what you got to do is just make sure that you do good by people. And uh, see, that's why I try to live my life by. And it sounds like you're doing the same. No doubt with Sean. Thank you for your time, buddy. My brother, it was fun to chop up with you again. And I I, I will be showing you some of the ropes for sure, man. When soon this uh, Hawks run ends, <laughs> I'm going to make sure I, I show him what's going on. Well, for your sake, let's hope the Hawks keep rolling and you keep <laughs> traveling and you keep doing what you're doing. And then after that, um, after you finish making, getting that check, then, <laughs> then, then, then he can spend some time with you. Yeah, I hope I'm in Miami on Saturday, brother. <laughs> I bet you do, <laughs> for more reasons than not. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, bro, it's fun. Let's do it again real soon, my guy. Absolutely. Appreciate you. No doubt. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.